Hey y'all, it's Casey Tindall, and you're tuned in to the Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast with Jillian and Aaron Schreiber. Welcome to the Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver, brought to you by Arlo Revolution. Each week, Aaron connects melodies and memories with fans and artists from all genres of life. When all else in life is gone, only music will be left to leave the legacy of life's adventures. Please welcome your host for the Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast, Aaron Shriver. Hello and welcome everyone to Season 6 of the Gaining Fast on Memphis podcast, a place where we connect melodies to memories. I'm your host, Aaron Shriver. And I'm your co-host, Jillian Shriver. Our mission tonight is to provide a platform for motivated singer-songwriters, passionate fans, or someone who's making a difference in and around the music community. We hope everyone listening leaves inspired with a positive outlook on life and begins connecting their own melodies to, or memories to melodies. Tonight we are presented by our good friends at Arlo Revolution, cinematic wedding films, music videos, and promos. Find them at arlorevolution.com. One Tree Planted. For every $1,000 of the show, we plant a tree with One Tree Planted. Download the show on your favorite podcast app today. And then Poddex. Poddex are the hottest tool to get your next great interview, unique interview questions in the palm of your hand. We will be seeing them play a factor in the show later on. And then our on-screen sponsors tonight are on a higher wire by Joel. Original and custom artwork inspired by your life moments, treasured photos, and memories. And Shed Services. At Shed Services, we offer a full range of maintenance services depending on your needs. Find them at ShedServices.com. Looking for ways to support or sponsor Gaining Fast on Memphis, and please head over to our Patreon page. Tears start at just $1. And when you sign up for a full year, you do get, I think it's like a 20% discount, which is pretty nice. Uh, Patreon is something you can't do at the time. The next best way to support the show is to like, share, review, and subscribe anywhere you can find the show. Remember, join us live every Monday night. This week is a Tuesday. But every Monday night uh, on Facebook and YouTube where you can interact with the show, ask questions, and join in on the live chat with your favorite guests. Uh, visit our favorite... See, I'm... Everything runs together by the end of this read. <laughs> Visit our website, gainingfastonmemphis.com, for constant reviews, photos, playlists, links, and more. We thank all of our sponsors for continued support and growth of the show. Tonight, I am excited, guys. This one's been a long time coming. And the dude's a huge Eric Church fan, so he's going to fit right in with the show and with the crowd. And I love that. But, guys, tonight we welcome in Matt Roy for episode 130. Matt grew up 60 miles south from his... From, or 60 miles from his hero Springsteen and someone who is, he is heavily influenced by. This has taken him to be one of Nashville's elite singer-songwriters with cuts from Chris Jansen, Kane Brown, Chris Young, and as of today, Ashley Cook, going to radio, and more. We are honored to discuss the memories and melodies that make up his journey. We're going to welcome Matt on in. Oh, we didn't even get a countdown. You just came right in. I love that. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Hey. <laughs> I didn't mean to. It said I was in, and I came in. Yeah, normal. Well, normal. You're like a three, two, one, and then there you are. And I like all of a sudden there you were. I was like, hey, you're all right. <laughs> it was like, here's Matt. Oh, there's Matt. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the party, dude. How you doing tonight, man? I'm good. How about yourself? Hanging in there, dude. We're excited to have you on. Like I said, I've been looking forward to this one. I've been watching you for some time now, and a lot of your writing. And I love all you all you've done, man. All you put out, including like I said today with Ashley Cook. Huge congrats to you on that, man. Thank you. That song is going to be huge for her uh, and for you. That's a great song. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I've, I'm pumped up. So today's a good day for me, and I'm glad to be here. Thanks Hell for yeah, man. So we we like to start the show off the same every week and throw it all the way back, 60 miles from where the boss grew up, New Jersey, where you're growing up. 
at the time. Tell me what your parents are listening to. What you're, you're being. I mean, other than Springsteen, what's going on in the house uh, when you're young, man? Your your first music memory, and we like to take that into your first concert memory. Tell us a little bit, maybe a little story about your first concert sure. you went to. Sure. Uh, yeah. Aside from Springsteen, who my dad was a huge fan of, um, it's that kind of genre of music. So Tom Petty, Bob Seger, the Eagles, okay. Don Henley, guys like that were really sort of. Um, my i would say the foundation of my musical come up uh my mom was a big u2 fan so i really liked u2 but it was mainly classic rock was really sort of what i grew up in um and then we kind of dipped a little bit into some willie nelson some james taylor kind of more acoustic leaning stuff that gets you a little closer to country music obviously willie was right there but um yeah, that was kind of what I grew up listening to. Um, and then my first concert uh, was Bruce Springsteen um, at Giant Stadium, which Ooh. was awesome. Yeah. How old were you, man? I was young. I was probably seven or eight. Well, that's perfect, dude. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Not, not, not too young. Yeah. Uh, took- I mean, I was old enough to know a lot of the songs, right? We um, took our four-year-old to see Kiss, so. i wasn't i wasn't young young not not as young as that i was definitely cognizant of what i was seeing um but man my dad was just a huge music fan and um i picked up music at a young age but he took me to a ton of those i mean we saw springsteen we saw the stones the who um just a lot of classic rock that's kind of where i i grew up in that's kind of still what i love the most I love that. That's the same, same thing with me, dude. Uh, I grew up in the, I was born in 82, so I grew up in the 90s with a lot of the music. So Aerosmith was huge around that time, yeah. um, like the Nine yeah. Lives album and stuff, dude. I remember stuff like my dad and I, I remember him taking me to see Super Tramp for the first time. I'm like, who is this band? Like this weird name. And we got there and all these songs. I was like, dude, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. be able to see bands like that. Uh, just, just, just amazing classic rock bands. Um, for you, just growing up in that area, though, I'm sure it was a music-rich area. Did your parents play at all, or did, were they just fans of the music? Um, mainly fans. My dad dabbled a little bit. Uh, my grandfather was, uh, I guess, I, yeah, I mean, I would say he was a musician. He was nice. more of like a sort of bar band singer. He sang at some nightclubs and did that sort of as a second job kind of passion hobby thing. Um and my uncle picked up guitar, uh, and my dad, it was just a lot of music going on. So they would have house parties and for so-and-so's 40th birthday party, they would all go up there and kind of have a half, half family band, half not family band (laughs) and, uh, all kind of get up and sing one. Um, so he wasn't necessarily like a musician, but, um, he definitely kind of dabbled into it. And like I said, my grandfather, Definitely did, and my mom definitely did not. Uh, <laughs> not to music. I she love that. More, definitely more of a fan than a musician herself. So. Yes. I love that. So you, you started playing when you're eight. You started performing when you're twelve. Man, I was looking back. I, I, like I'm not even showing them. We we show old pictures normally on here. I was looking at some old pictures of you performing at a younger age. Man, you started performing young. Like what was it like middle school, high school, early high school, or yeah, no, probably a little little just before that right like in probably early middle school if not touched before that um i had this um you know those things called the school rock yeah mm-hmm. like after the movie now they're very corporate yeah. Yeah. Um, when i joined it they were not corporate like at all they were very like uh 
fly by the seat of your pants type of operations. Um, but it was awesome. I, I joined one of those when I was younger. Um, I can't remember the exact year, but we had kind of like a, I would say probably like a 12 and under crew and I was maybe 11 right there or whatever. And we would go open for the, for the, the big band of the kids who were 16, 17, 18 years old. Uh, the first song I played live was Purple Haze. Hell yeah. Uh, Hendrix. Hell yeah. Uh, that was the first time my parents heard me sing, which was interesting. Um, but yeah, I just kind of, that's kind of how I first got into it. And so I, I kind of worked my way up at the school rock. And then I had a cover band with some of the guys I knew from the school rock. And so we would just go and do our own shows. And that's then, cool. um, I picked up a couple of the acoustic gigs doing three hours in the back of the bar. No one paying attention to you type yeah. of gigs. Yep. <laughs> uh, and so it just kind of tumbled and I kind of slowly got into writing songs and I slowly kind of by osmosis got into country music around that time too, like 14, 15, 16. So. Oh, wow. Do you still remember the first song you wrote? Um, Kind of. There's a co- there, there was like a group of four or five of them sort of mixed up together. <laughs> There's a good shot. <laughs> I, was, I, I was looking for a good old school <laughs> shot. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, I still haven't gotten a haircut, apparently. <laughs> well, speaking of the longer hair and speaking around the same time, you played hockey, too, yeah, and especially yeah. with the last name. dude. Uh, are you Canadian? Uh, or. I- somewhere down, down the line. line that's uh, what i was gonna say because I, I know like is it roy or is it Wah or how they say it roy, it's roy okay because I, I know patrick Wah or whatever back in the day was the guy Fire, i knew it was probably why yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why when i first introduced you i'm like do i say it the, the hockey way or do i say it the way i read it <laughs> well, you can imagine playing hockey how many people called me that yeah, exactly like, seriously or as a joke yeah <laughs> uh, but it, it stuck on a couple teams for sure, which was funny. So at one point you had to give up playing hockey for music. How hard of a decision was that for a teenage kid to do to kind of um, your two loves come together and you know you have to kind of move on from one? Yeah, I mean, it, it stunk. I think I think what made it a lot easier was just I saw sort of more of a career path um, and a long-term thing I could do with music. And, and um I did probably love it more. Um, I loved hockey because of the camaraderie and the, mm-hmm. you know, having a team and mm-hmm. being with the guys. And I love the sport, obviously, itself. But you start to realize you probably like more one than the other when, you know, your buddies are outside shooting pucks all summer long <laughs> and you're you're playing gigs and trying to write songs and sitting alone in your basement trying to get better at playing guitar. And so – you kind of start to realize maybe where your where your heart is leaning, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And kind of by the time I was sixteen and seventeen, I was taking trips up to or down to Nashville and um had some weird connections and some weird ins into the city. So I kind of felt like this actually might be a legitimate path. And um, I'm too pretty. I like my teeth, so I didn't want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Um, that first trip to Nashville, you're uh, you're talking about by 16, 17, you're making trips. Do you remember your first trip down there and kind of, kind of, did it give you the itch? Did it leave the the fire, start the fire for you? It did. Uh, I mean, it was a bit overwhelming at first. Uh, my dad pretty much dropped me off downtown on Broadway and said, "Go, go play some shows." <laughs> oh wow! Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much the way it went. Um, 
Hey, so, sometimes that's the best way to do things, man. Just throw you in the yeah, fire and let you learn. Trial by fire, right? Yeah, and, man. So, Could uh, you even get into the bars to play at that point? In the afternoons, you can. Okay, yeah. okay. Tonight, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you hide yeah, out in the bathroom. I, I did that. I went down to the Hockey Tonk Central, and I asked the guy to play. He's a really nice guy. And so I, I played a couple, and then I walked down to the next one, and I think I got turned down. <laughs> you know, and so – um I had had um, sort of a weird connection down there through one of my dad's work friends who he does um, composing and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so he knew a publisher here in Nashville. And so that was part of the trip. We met with them and and, um, just kind of slowly but surely, um, I just kind of, I wouldn't say that. No, I I mean, there was definitely a fire. I was overwhelmed, but I, I was starting to see a path into what exactly I wanted to do. And I yeah. started to really fall in love with writing songs and doing that side of things too. So now when it came to finally going to Nashville, you, you tend to Belmont. Um, yeah. And that's kind of like where uh, like, I don't know songwriting really came together for you in a little bit. Um, but when you're at Belmont, uh, give me a little in, like backstory with that. Uh, did you have any stories from Belmont come out of there? Any kind of cool song rights you had or anything? What, what, what did you take away from there the most? From school itself, um, you know, when I got down here, I just, I wasn't a great networker, nor am I maybe the greatest networker now. So uh, (laughs) I wanted to just play a bunch of shows and just do that. And that's kind of how I met the majority Mm -hmm. of the people. I figured when I was 18 and trying to figure out my way here away from home for the first time that uh, if I played shows and I did well, then people would come talk to me rather than me having to go talk to anyone else. And so when I got to school, I just kind of hit the, the, the floor running or the ground running. And I just sort of played a bunch of shows and met a bunch of people. And I didn't really get too in tune with the um, Belmont community until probably I was like a junior or senior. Um, I don't know if I have a specific story, but there was one program at Belmont called the Bear House Writer Management. Okay. And um Emily Falvey was in it, who writes at Smack Songs. Madison Kozak was in it, who's over nice. at Big Loud. Um, Anna Voss was in it, who's an artist, who's great. So were you intimidated at all going to Belmont with the history it had or anything? Or is that where you kind of like, I'm going to go to that no, school? I was, I'm I was gonna... excited. All right. no, I was Hell excited. yeah, dude. I, I was saying, intimidation was doesn't really bother you, guys, because see, growing up that close to Bre- Springsteen and everything, it never really, like, you just like, no, I own this shit. Yeah, I got this. Yeah, well, I, I was excited, I, you know, and you do learn, though, once you go to Belmont, um, that the real, the big advantage of it is you're in town, and it, it you're right there. You're a block up from Music Row, and so you sort of have all that at your disposal. That That's really where you find, in my opinion, where I found the advantage was I could walk to co-writes if I booked them on Music Row. I didn't need yeah. to, like, you know, borrow a buddy's car. or, or which yeah, was, that everything's was right there big, for you. That was the big draw for me. Um, but um, it was uh, it was a great four years, and, and I was lucky enough to sign a publishing deal as, as – I think about a month before I graduated. I graduated in August. Um, nice, dude. Because I took a little bit more time than, than the usual person. <laughs> Who did you sign the deal with? I signed a deal. Oh, I signed my publishing deal with BMG. So Hell yeah, man. Congrats on that. Dude. That's awesome. But yeah, so, um, but it was it was awesome for me. And, and I have a lot of friends that I went to school with who do music like Emily and Madison. Yeah. 
And I have a lot of friends that I met who, who don't do music who are still some of my best friends. So that was kind of a big part of it too, is just getting out of New Jersey and having something to, you know, just to kind of get me out of the bubble a little bit of a, a really small town. And so it was great. That's awesome. Now, do you have any dream co-writes at all? I know, I know you love writing. Well, before we go into dream co-writes, for you, do you see songwriting as something more that you want to keep on doing or do you want to kind of take the artist role on, on as well too? Um, I know I mentioned Singleton when we were talking earlier. I know Singleton yeah. used to be really big on artists, but he always like, you know, I like doing the songwriting thing. I like doing what I'm doing now and doing this. He liked that pace a lot better, so he took a step back. For you, sure. are you still dreaming for the artist dream of things, or are you comfortable with the songwriting yeah. side of things? No, I, I am. Um, I think a lot of it for me goes hand in hand um, mm-hmm. as well. I go through spells where – I write a lot of songs, I think, for me or by myself or with people that I know really well. And after I do that for two months, I I can't wait to go and write something for somebody else. And, and so um, that may change mm-hmm. five, six years, but I haven't really decided yet. Uh, <laughs> but for right now, I'm going to try to do do both for as long as I can. And um, I love that. Hey, you know what? You got to do what pays the bills at the time it's paying the bills, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> I hear you on that. So now, now do you have any dream co-writes? I mean, I mean, Springsteen and Eric Church. Would Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been pretty amazing my time here because I've written with a lot of my heroes, mm-hmm. um, which has been very special for me. I mean, Bethard and Craig Wiseman and Monty Criswell and Tony Lane, guys like that who... <sighs> I, I just anything. wanted to be, you know, I wanted to write songs like, so um, it would have to be, you know, out, outside of just the songwriters, it'd have to be some of my favorite artists. So I'd say Springsteen and church. Oh yeah, man. That's, that's cool as hell. Um, and you've already, a couple of the cuts you have out there are, are, are badass, but just like, if you got a cut with church, yeah, I can only imagine where that would go. <laughs> it's probably a lot like this Chris Jansen one that's out right now, <laughs> which is crazy, dude. It would just be total dream come true. And there's been a, I'm hoping I have a couple opportunities yeah, here dude. That like that, but I mean, not specifically that, but you're in good circles and good hands, man. Because, uh, and, yeah. Little possibilities like that. And it just, it, uh, yep. puts a lot of perspective on all this. You never sure. know. Next time, now next time you turn around, you're in the mountains of North Carolina somewhere in a cabin, and you're writing music, <laughs> and you're like, damn, how did I get here? <laughs> no, I'm um, thinking about you when I'm there. right. Dude, you're like this guy. I wish he was a fly on the wall right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, do you ever keep a song or two that you just won't let go? I know a lot of times artists talk about songs on hold and how they could be on hold for two, three, four, sometimes six years uh, out there. But has there ever been a song that you've written that you're like, you know what, I'm not going to let that one go. I want to keep in my back pocket. Um, I mean, Wildflower was kind of like that. Okay. Um, it had some sort of opportunity to go elsewhere, and it was a little bit of a complicated situation that I won't get into. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, the timing of it didn't make a ton of sense, and so – that's kind of one, but I, I'll be honest. Most of the stuff that I feel now is stuff that that I would record is I'd like to think is tough to pitch at times, yeah. just because it feels very personal. Me. It's and you, so, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very I love authentic. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that, man. I get that feeling from you a lot, too. So Wildflower EP released uh, February 20, uh, 25th this year. Um, what does the rest of 2022 look like for you, man? You got anything, any shows coming up or any maybe any more music yeah, or anything like that? We got CMA Fest coming up, so yeah. we're going to be busy doing that. I got to play um, around at the Live Oak where your birthday party is going to be. Yeah, we can't wait for that one, man. You got, you, we got we to get you out to one of these rounds sometime, too. Yeah, I'd be happy <laughs> to do it. Um, so I got one of those next week. I got the Bluebird next week, which would be awesome. Hell yeah. Have you played there before? I have, nice, yeah. Dude. A couple times. Um, and then a couple CMA Fest shows, doing kind of doing the downtown uh, one of the stages down there, the hard rock stage on Friday. And then, um, Ray Fulcher, I got a song on Ray Fulcher's album and, and, uh, he's doing an event sort of all day there. So he's having a bunch of the co-writers yeah. play, uh, um, around too. So I'm doing that. And what then, song is yours on race? It's called uh, so far, so bad. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have been listening to the album for a couple weeks now. I'm not gonna that man. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> but man, it's it's dude. That's awesome. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know that was yours though. But that's badass, dude. <laughs> I that. Yeah, it was me, and Singleton, and Ray. It was, it was an awesome day, and, and Ray's great. So I'm pumped for him. And- yeah, I'm big. I'm in Ray's corner, man. Uh, Ray's one of the true true down to earth guys out there, man. That's Definitely. that's still out there doing it, man. There's, I, I love Ray just because he, he writes about the stuff that I mean. More like church, dude. He writes what people are afraid of sometimes. Some people, sometimes people don't want to touch the different topics and stuff, and he's not afraid of that. And I like yep. that in different writers. So, totally. and that's why when I heard Wildflower, dude, I was definitely a huge song, fan of that song because I'm like, dude, this, I got church vibes from this song. <laughs> that's what I loved about it. And it's just like I heard the authenticity behind you in there. So, sure. All right. Well, we're going to move on to our sponsored section of the night, the Powered by Pod Deck section. Earlier tonight, we pulled two cards. Uh, First one being was who has mentored you or taught you the most about being a musician? Uh, can I name a few? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'd say my dad, uh, just cause he was there for so many stinking shows and so many shows, <laughs> nobody paying attention. Um, and so when you have some uh, encouragement every now and then it's nice. Um, and then I had a mentor when I was younger named Roger, who just, he was just always teaching us kids and just kind of, we used to go down to his basement that was tiny and it was so hot down there, but he had like a studio built into it. And we used to go down there and he used to run through songs and just scold us. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I don't mean to swear. No, no, Um, you're all good. Yeah. I I put the E on the every episode for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) You you know us boys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was just such a big, big help and learning how to be in a band, um, sort of learning the, the chemistry that comes with that and the attention to detail and how hard you really have to work to get songs down. So I, I would say those two. I love that, nice. man. I love that. I love that. I love that. Sorry, if anybody saw my shocked face during this thing, normally I'm only allowed to put four things on a screen at once. And right now I have six things on a screen. I, I, I was like, dude, this is a game changer. I even wrote it down on the paper and showed it to her. I'm like, dude, look at this. And I don't know. My face is like, what in God's green earth does five yeah. mean? Yeah, I know. I know. You could you see my face? Yeah, I, knew like... you I saw this. I'm like, damn, I can have all these screens. I can show pictures and the logo. I'm loving this. Okay. <laughs> so our second card we pulled, you have been playing shows since you were a teen what's the most disastrous show you've ever played if you can remember like there probably was this one show you're like man i want to forget that one (laughs) um yeah well there's a couple ones with some fights uh uh are always ugly um 
Man, we played one by uh, at the local pool, and uh, it just kept raining and raining, and it would be like it would rain for like an hour, and then it would stop for like <laughs> fifteen minutes, and we would go play like two songs. While everyone <laughs> You'd run out and then run back. Yeah, and then it would go. <laughs> and I just remember being like, "What are we doing?" <laughs> <laughs> That's the story I was looking for. I love that man. <laughs> three hours. We're gonna sit here for three hours and play five songs, and all these people who showed up today to see our show. Literally, it's probably the worst day in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Like I would never have gone to the pool today. <laughs> so yeah, that one's up there. I love but there's that. a lot. There's a lot of weather ones. Like there's a lot yeah. of like rain and thunderstorms, yeah. and snow ones where you're loading the gear through the snow. And yeah, flood. yeah. So we live between Chicago and Milwaukee. We know snow, and that we sucks. <laughs> So, our next section is melodies and memories. So, what we're going to do is we're going to play about five or six seconds of a song. If the first memory you have with that song, just spit it out. You might have, there might be one song where you don't have a memory with. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll see that. We're going to play that one first. Go ahead. Okay. All right, I know you're a rocker at times, so bully shine down. Anything come to nothing? See, that's one. That was the one I was going to throw out there on a whim. So the other ones, I know. No, the other ones I'm I'm good on. So the other one, I'm like, you know, I'm going to throw one out there and just test the waters okay. and see. All right, go ahead right. and play the next one. Last dance, Mary Jane, Tommy Petty. Man, when you hear this song, where's it taking you? Uh, me and my buddies used to listen to that song uh, on the bus every now and then, coming back. Uh, from hockey games oh, uh, yeah. or riding home from practice in the car. I, I had a friend of mine who was on the team, uh, Matt Jorgensen, who, who really liked Tom Petty. So we, I, that's the first one I think of. Hell yeah, dude. No, that's that cool. That's a cool dude. memory, dude. All right, let's yeah. go ahead and play, uh, play the green one. Yeah. So I had to throw some Springsteen in there, but I wanted to throw Glory Days. So when you hear Glory Days, where's it taking you? I just remember being yeah, like seven, eight years old, wondering what the hell this is. And uh, there's a couple lines in there. I, used to, I, was, I played baseball. I love baseball is one of my favorite sports outside of hockey. So that first verse, when he says he could throw that speed ball by, I remember asking my dad, like, why is he saying speed ball and not fastball? <laughs> uh, but I uh, always love that. I love the big woo at the end just there's so much to that song that i just love but just being a kid is how i think of it just talking to my yeah, dad man i love that all right go ahead and play the last one i see the preacher's eyes church yeah. lightning so when you hear this song where's it taking me man this was uh so I, when i was getting into country music uh i had a friend of mine whose family is big kenny chesney fans and um so, like, I heard the Poets and Pirates album oh, yeah. and uh, Better as a Memory, which is a Scooter song. I know we talked about Scooter briefly yeah. earlier, but um, I was, just thought he was great. And then we got the highway in our hometown, and, and we never had a country station, but we got the highway. And I heard Carolina by our church on the highway, and I thought this is great. And I just went and dug through his records, and I heard Lightning. And I remember thinking to myself, like, <laughs> I finally get it. Yep. Like that, that was kind of the moment where I said, like, I like country music and there's things that I, that remind me of music that I grew up in, but this is really storytelling. This is really what 
drives me. And this is this is the kind of stuff that it reminded me of Ghost of Tom Joad by Bruce Springsteen. It reminded me of uh, it just reminded me of all my guys, all my heroes. Yeah. I just felt, I finally sort of felt a little bit more at home with country music when when I first heard that record and specifically that song. So mm-hmm. I love that man. And I've been telling people a, a lot on the show. I feel like country music is such a wide genre. The Eagles could have been the country back in the seventies. I mean, because that was well, Southern I mean, rock. There's an interview our church did. And he talks about Bruce Springsteen. He says if Bruce Springsteen came out now, he'd be country. Music. Yeah, exactly, dude. Uh, Eagles definitely. Would mm-hmm. be. I mean, they had a banjo. Yeah, like we all had a rolling banjo. I mean, like, look how well Vince Gill fit in the band just recently too. <laughs> um, yeah, there. I I totally agree with you. Yeah, uh, but he was one of those artists. Him and Kip Moore um, yeah. danced around there too, and a little bit of the early Dirks Bentley stuff. Yep. I was like, oh yeah, these guys sound a lot more like the people that I grew up with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. rock and roll was at the time. So I agree, Dan. And there's a few of those guys that are still out there doing those things. So I love it. All right. Our next one, we're going to do with the hot seat. So there's going to be 10 questions. Uh, they're really quick. The first thing that comes to mind is spit it out. Uh, we're going to put a little bit of a sound bed behind it. Uh, first vinyl you ever purchased. Oh, first vinyl I ever purchased, uh, actually bought. Yep. I bought my dad um, a Ray LaMontagne record, Ooh. the one that has Jolene on it. Yeah. My, my dad's family had a, had huge crates of records that they bought at a yard sale, so nice. I didn't buy a record. Yeah. Oh, nice. I love that. Cool. If you had an endless supply of something, what would it be? Um, um, inspiration. Oh, I like that. I it's like hard to that. find song ideas all the time. <laughs> So if I could have an endless supply of inspiration, it, it would save me from watching a lot of movies that I don't want to watch. <laughs> I'm waiting for, guitar, <laughs> waiting for a guitar player to say guitar books. picks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been waiting for guitar picks to come out of a guitar player one time. I want an endless supply of guitar that, picks. That, that's that's a really good one. Guitar <laughs> picks would be <laughs> off. <laughs> All right, dude. The third one. Oh, who has the best pizza you've ever had? Um... There's a couple, but I got to shout out my guy, my guy Umberto, John's Boy Pizza, Glen Rock, New Jersey. I got to right. shout out my guy. He's the best. We're going to make a list of all uh, these one of these days. <laughs> what's up? We're going to make a list because we ask everybody every week yeah. what, what I mean, the best pizza is. I like, like John's on Bleecker in, in New York is awesome, but I got to go to my boy Umberto, John's Boy Pizza in uh, Glen Rock, New Jersey. I love that, man. All right. The strangest thing you've ever seen in the middle of the road. <laughs> in the middle of the road? It's always a good one. Uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, <laughs> that's a tough one. I think mine was a possum. I, I hit a possum. Yeah, once. you it know was what? Really I, weird. I, I, was just, I remember the first time I saw a possum. <laughs> it was like I think way older than what I should have been. Um, now I see them fairly often. Yeah. Like, not like that often, but you see one, you're like, oh, that's a possum. It makes sense. It's mm-hmm. night, whatever. I saw one for the first time, like driving home, like on the street that connected to my street in New Jersey when I was like 17. And I like, I had no idea what it was. But it's so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so creeped out. So I'll, I'll go possum too. I love that. Stuff. All right. Uh, would you rather celebrate Christmas or Halloween all year long? Um, I'll say, uh, 
I'll say Christmas just because I, I get to see my, my family on Christmas. Hell yeah, yeah. I like that answer. That's a good answer. What's one thing people buy that you feel is a waste of money? <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a tough one. <laughs> people buy that I feel is a waste of money. That's a bit of a controversial answer. I won't get into it. Um, you know, we have this Roomba and we can <laughs> use it. Just, well, there. if you it's, never use it, send it my way. Because I've been begging for a Roomba. <laughs> like, I'll get you one use this one day. I mean, this is the most charged Roomba of all time. It's, it's there. Uh, I always like the one where the baby's run. And then we'll let it run. And when we do let it run, it runs all day because it has a day's, a full day's work of, of battery. Work to do and yeah, battery. Yeah. But, I love that. Uh, yeah, I'll say that. I'll say the room books. I'm looking at it right now. That's awesome. It, it hasn't moved an inch in like three weeks. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're opening your dream tour. You're the opening act. Who are the two headliners? Uh, I'll stick to country. I'll say I, I've had too many Bruce Springsteen answers, so I'll <laughs> stick to country. I'll, I'll say uh, Eric Church and Kenny Chesney. Ooh, that's gonna be a good one. The, the two guys that hold the or held the record at uh, Nissan Stadium, Kenny just broke it. So mm-hmm. he yeah. broke Church's record, which is crazy. Kenny's, Kenny's incredible. He is, both, dude. both have just electrifying live shows. They just yeah, big fan of Kenny's too, and he doesn't get as much credit as he definitely deserved over the years. I don't know why country has kind of really shunned him out the last few years, but dude, is this amazing, dude? Yep. Yep. So, uh, your favorite fast food restaurant. But you're in a pinch. You have to swing through somewhere. Where's your favorite place to swing through at the last minute? Uh, Chick-fil-A. All right. That's a good one. What's your favorite microwavable food? Chick-fil-A the next day. <laughs> <laughs> that round. Favorite microwavable food. Uh, I love those. This is this is the weirdest answer. You finally got something kind of odd out of me, I guess. It's not that odd. I, I love rice I, for some okay. reason. like yeah. Different kinds of rice. I love those 90 second yes. rice. Yeah. Uh, All right. Those, those Uncle Ben's <laughs> or some <laughs> white rice and some soy sauce. I love, sauce. I love that. All the time. Yeah. That's, a, that's the first time we've ever had that answer. So that's why I love it about is. that. We normally get Hot Pockets yeah. every time. <laughs> well, I have a, my girlfriend and I both have a gluten allergy. So there's not yep. much from the freezer aisle yep. that really fits that. So. Yeah. I love it. So, so the last one we have, uh, you, we talked, you got to play the Bluebird before. Um, you've done some really cool stuff. You've been playing since you you were been a teenager, early teenager. What's something that's still on your musical bucket list? Something that still would you still want to accomplish that make you feel that you made it in the music business? Oh, that I that I made it feel like? Or just uh, something that makes you feel like, look back, be like, all right, I was able to do that. That's That was an accomplishment. What's, that, what's uh, on that bucket list of yours? I want to play the Ryman. Nice. Does it have to be like, well, the opera doesn't really play out that rhyming anymore, but does any rhyming show or do you want it to be like a, a special one, like your headlining show or something? I would something? just love to play the rhyming. Right. I would just love to have, I mean, I, I, I mean, opener, whichever, but I'd love to be, I mean, I'd love to have a headlining show at the rhyming. Hell yeah, dude. Well, yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. Dude. You keep writing those songs. You keep out there performing. It's going to happen, man. <laughs> it's just a place where you kind of feel it in your bones. It's like, uh, I'm a Red Sox fan. Nice. Like, I'm a Cubs uh, fan, so I know I'm how a- that is. Yeah, Wrigley Field, Fenway Park, yep. same kind of deal. You walk in, you can just kind of feel that something special yeah. is here. That's the same thing about the Ryman. So. 
I, I, yeah, I love that, that comparison. Yeah, because it's def- definitely the same way. Walking into Wrigley, you feel that history. You know, you know what's there, and especially as a player, if you if you ever walked out there on the field, you, you feel that that's pretty cool. So, well, dude, if you ever get to play the Ryman, we'll be there. We'll be front row. We'll be cheering you on, that. dude, and we'll be ready to go. So, <laughs> well, man, well, before we wrap up, uh, if you don't mind, we we love if you play one for us tonight. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, and if you would tell us a little bit of backstory about it and, and then play it before you play, it'd be awesome, dude. Yeah, well, uh, I'll play a song called Wildflower, which is the, the title of the EP I put out. And uh, hold on, let me take a swig of water. Right. And, Same uh, here, I've been drinking is, water for three years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is kind of the song that sparked doing a project. I was writing songs um, for other people and kind of itching to do one. And um, this was kind of the song that everyone at, at my publisher and uh, my agent sort of just said, okay, if you're going to do one, you should, you should probably start with that song and then build the, the project out from there. And so, um, yeah, I wrote this with Dan Couch, who's one of my closest buddies, and it uh, goes something like this. All right, I'll give you stage, bud. Whiskey is my drink, Mary Jane is my healer, the radio's my church, Springsteen is my preacher, my teacher is Bible in the drawer. Heaven knows that I should listen more. The stars are my guide. Wind is my compass, this guitar is my voice, this beat up rusty truck is my rocket ship to the outskirts of town. You're my wildflower, you're the one in a million standing tall among the weeds. You find a way to rise up through the cracks in that concrete. You're the hope and you're the color in a field of broken dreams. You're the reason why the grass is always green. I want to be your sunny day and your spring shine. Cause you're my wildflower Your kiss is my addiction Your touch is my desire And I love the way you set my heart My bedroom on fire Dance like a flame in the midnight hour Honey, you're my wildfire you're the one in a million Standing tall among the weeds You find a way to rise up Through the cracks in that concrete You're the hope and you're the color In a field of broken dreams You're the reason why the grass is always 
I want to be your sunny day and your spring shine. Cause you're my wild flame. You're the roots deep in the ground. You're the sweetness in the breeze. Not a day goes by where I don't think. Yeah, that you pick me Cause you're the hope And you're the color And I feel the broken dreams You're the reason why The grass is always green I want to be your sunny day And your spring shine Cause you're my wildflower Dude, oh my god i love that one i've been listening to that one for i don't know a couple weeks now i'm just like oh, i cannot wait to hear this one done mm-hmm. no, that <laughs> yeah. was incredible oh my Thanks god so dude i've been listening to that for a couple weeks i couldn't wait to hear that one live tonight i was Appreciate like oh it. yeah goosebumps man i'm not even gonna lie goosebumps mm-hmm. this is i'm glad you held on to that i'm glad you recorded that one because <laughs> I always talk to people, a lot of people like Christopherson, all the old, the old timers and stuff they're doing. I love that they still recorded their own music too, because you guys could deliver it the best. Mm -hmm. So the delivery. I'm looking forward to recording some more here in a little while. Hell yeah, man. Well, dude, I really appreciate you pushing it back for a little bit for us tonight. It was our son's first t-ball game tonight, mm, so you. we appreciate you doing I heard that. He hit a home run. Yeah, dude, he did good, dude. So. Star of the team. Yeah. <laughs> no, we really do appreciate you doing that for us, so we were able to take care of that. Um, totally. But, no dude, problem. thank you so much for tonight. You take care, and we'll, like, we'll be in your corner rooting for you. We're going to be at the Ryman, and anytime you put any other music out, we're going to be there pushing it for you, too. All right. Appreciate that very much, and next time you guys are in Nashville, let me know. Hell yeah, dude. We'll give you a holler, dude. Thank you so much. Have an amazing night, dude. Take care. All right, bye. Appreciate it, guys. Bye, bye. I love that guy. Yeah, great show. Awesome. He's so sweet. I had so much fun talking with him. Like, Mm -hmm. I've been looking forward to talking with him because I've watched some other interviews or listened to some other podcasts, and just I I loved his story. I loved the connection. I get I get church vibes from him too. That's why I I love those guys that give me those old school church vibes like mm-hmm. the 2006 2007 church kind of coming up gritting his teeth and writing these songs are just amazing oh yeah for sure so love that it was a great show still have a little bit of goosebumps from that song too that mm-hmm. was dude guys go download it right yeah, now he, sing, he does he delivers it amazing wildflower matt roy go download it the album the single whatever you gotta do give this guy some love uh and put it out there so mm-hmm. well Another show has come to a close, and here we are again. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know if you guys are friends with me on Facebook at all. If you aren't, make sure you, you send that like me- or that, that um, invite over. I'm almost close to 5,000. I want to make sure you guys get on there <laughs> before that happens. But I made an announcement that I finally stepped away from my, my 9 to 5, my, my daytime job, to kind of do this full time, to do this and photography and everything else, kind of do what, chase what I want to do. So, if you guys are out there and you guys have supported me at all the last couple of years, thank you that for that so much. I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. And um just want to thank you guys for that because the next couple of years is going to be interesting. <laughs> so I appreciate you guys along with this ride. Um, We're going to see where it goes from here. And I'm going to keep grinding like I normally do. So we're going to have fun doing it. 
Um, but join us next week. We're going to have another awesome show. We were going to be off next week, but we ended up sliding one in. So it's going to be a fun one. So we'll see you guys next Monday night, and we cannot wait for that. Have a wonderful week. The Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver is brought to you by Arlo Revolution. As we close the book on another chapter, remember, music gives a soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and life to everything. Next week, Aaron connects more melodies and memories with other fans and the artists they love. Thanks for being a part of this musical journey, and we'll see you next time on the Gain and Fast on Memphis podcast with Aaron Shriver.